September 22nd here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Week 3 Waiver Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me again is Adam Krautwurst. And Adam, I wonder, as we do this on a Tuesday night, I wonder if I should lower the enthusiasm a little bit and give us a little Draft Sharks after dark and get the piano playing in the background and maybe have a little bourbon off to the side. That's a great – well, yeah, bourbon will put me right to sleep. So that's <laughs> that's not a good idea. But, uh, but yeah, for sure, it's, it's late night grinding this is time of year, for sure. That's right. And we should probably strike a somber tone after the week two we just had where everybody tore their ACL except for Will Fuller, who's got hamstring issues again. So lots of injuries, making lots of waiver guys, of putting new guys into our view this week. And we're going to run through a bunch of them. But first, let's hit on some of the guys that we mentioned last week, because not only is it important to react to what happens, but looking ahead can get us discounts on some of the guys that, as we've seen, quickly um, come into focus thereafter. Last week on this show, Adam, we mentioned Jordan Aikens as a fallback kind of guy, especially in FFPC tight end premium leagues. And if you picked him up last week, you didn't have to go get him this week. If you didn't, and if he's still available in your league, he's going to be a lot more expensive this time around because he looks even more like the lead pass-catching tight end for Houston. Yeah, I mean, we you know we brought him up last week. You know, suggested you bid ten percent on him, um, and he's still available in a ton of leagues this this week. Um, yeah, he's proven that he is the number one tight end there. Whether it's you know amount of plays run, whether it's you know amount of targets, um, and he had another good week. So I think he's certainly worth a pickup, especially in the tight end premium. And and you know the guys with the lower percentages that we kind of recommend at the end. Those are the those are the kind of the more important ones because. You know, we're going to suggest players that everyone's going to attack, right? But you're going to spend hundreds and hundreds of, of dollars of your fab budget, or you know, if you only have a hundred, a percentage, you're going to spend a high high percentage. But it's these guys that we're going to try to offer that you can maybe pick up a week or two before kind of everybody c- catches on. And I think he, I, I didn't think it was a week or two early. I thought everyone would be on him, but apparently they didn't believe it. And um, you know, he's they're a pass happy offense that I don't think really knows what they're doing yet without. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins there, so he's certainly worth a worth an ad. Yeah, and last year it was difficult to tell who was ahead between Jordan Akins and Darren Fells because neither guy was really ahead consistently. But this year, uh, Jordan Akins ran 40 pass routes to 11 for Darren Fells in week two, 33 routes to 10 for Darren Fells in week one. So it's pretty clearly Jordan Akins, and his seven targets in week two were second on the team, caught all of them for 55 yards. And, of course, as I mentioned, Will Fuller's hamstrings acting up again, so it only adds upside to other pass catchers. I'm surprised that Jordan Akins is that available, especially in FFPC leagues. He should not be after this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be gone in mo- most leagues, but who knows? Cause there's so many running back injuries that sometimes people forget about guys like Jordan Akins. So Jordan Wilkins is another guy we mentioned as a fallback option last week. And he had nine carries for 40 yards in their win over the Vikings. Now he's just a Jonathan Taylor injury away from true prominence. Absolutely. And that was kind of the, you know, why we recommended him last week is he just, he's one injury away and, and man, th- this year, those, those guys are, and we're going to recommend some more today that are, it's, it's almost like the injuries are just in- inevitable, you know? So if you can get a running back, that's one injury away from, from, from value. And who would have thought that he was going to kind of take over um, for Naheem Hines last, you know, a couple days ago. I mean, it's just incredible that Hines had such a role 
week one. And that was with Mac there. And then Mac gets hurt. Mac goes out and Hines doesn't do anything, you know, and, and Wilkins is, is, is kind of the guy behind Jonathan Taylor. So um, he was certainly worth an ad when we recommended him last week. You, you may have to pay up for him this week, but I'm, you know, um, you know, I still, I still think you can get away with a five or 10% bid on him, but uh, go out and get Jordan Wilkins. Cause they're a team that, you know, likes to run the ball, wants to run the ball. And um, he has had some success in the past with them. He's familiar with the offense. So he's a Heinz or a JT, God forbid, a JT injury away from 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 getting uh, some good volume. Bite your tongue, sir. I know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go too crazy for Jordan Wilkins um, because, you know, as we've seen, a, an injury elsewhere can, can make somebody else a, a true – waiver target and you want to have the money out there and Jordan Wilkins I don't think he's actually moved ahead of Naheem Hines I think it's going to waver between them and the coaches said basically that they need to get the ball to Naheem Hines and it's going to be a game plan and game flow thing they were well ahead of the Vikings last week so uh definitely worth stashing but I would consider Wilkins a guy to stash as opposed to like if you just lost Saquon Barkley if you're without Christian McCaffrey Jordan Wilkins is the real week three option Right. He's more of a, you know, you, you're, you're building your, your fab budget. You're building your, your bids. He's a guy you put in there at the end for 5% if you miss out on all on the big dogs. Mm-hmm. And we'll hit on a few more such guys for this week that might be look ahead type running backs. But another guy we mentioned last week as a stash was Devonte Freeman. And if you stashed him last week, because you missed out on Malcolm Brown or anybody else at the top of the running back run, then you really made out because Devontae Freeman is now going to be a centerpiece of waiver runs for, for week three. Um, obviously, now he's about to sign with the Giants. They agreed to a deal tonight. It's a one-year deal worth up to $3 million. And Adam, you've got him number one now on your week three list of waiver options, right? Yeah, I do. So last week we had him for down for 5% and now you're not getting him for, for 5%. So, um, and I get it. It's hard too, cause you gotta have someone to drop after week one and it's not, it's not that easy, but it's not as easy as it sounds. But this week, I think he's the number one ad, um, certainly the number one running back ad. So Freeman last year, you know, everyone's down on Freeman. He's only, he's only 28. I think he turned 28 in, in, in March. Um, and he was good down the stretch for Atlanta. So I, I'm probably a little biased cause he was on my, my top five main event team at the end there. I actually I started him and he put up 33 points in the championship. So I'm probably a little bit biased, but um, he was good down the stretch. He scored 19, seven and 33 points uh, the last three weeks of, of fantasy football. So he showed he had a little gas left in the tank. And I think he's probably the best back on the, on, on the team. I realized Deion Lewis is a pass catcher, but Devontae Freeman can catch passes too. Um, he's an all round back. Um, and, uh, and you're going to get a full season out of him. So, you know, we're going to talk about guys like Mike Davis and, and, uh, you know, Jeff Wilson and stuff, but like Mike Davis, and we'll talk about him in a minute. You're not getting a full season's worth of work out of Mike, Mike Davis. So even if you like his situation better, you like Mike Davis better, you're getting him for a couple weeks. Whereas Devonta Freeman he might start off slow this week, but I think down the stretch, I think he could play a full, a full season for you. And I, and I would, I'd be willing to bid, you know, 60% of my budget if I needed him. So again, we, you give you these, Hey, pick up Devonta Freeman and we would spend up to 60 to 70%. Well, if you're two and oh, and you don't have injuries, don't go spend 70% on Devonta Freeman. But if you lost Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey or the 96 receivers that are the, that are out, you know, go and your season is on the line. You know, the FFP season, 11 week or a regular season. If you're Oh, and two, you're desperate, go pick up a guy like Devonta Freeman um, and hope that he can at least give you RB2 uh, production. Yeah, that's a good last point. I 
if you are sitting there with three healthy, good backs, then let definitely let somebody else get Devontae Freeman. Yes. Because Freeman yep. is not going to be the guy that puts your already solid team over the top and wins you a championship. Freeman is a target if you need somebody because you're now in trouble because of the week two injuries. Now, I'm still not on board with throwing a bunch of money at Freeman because I don't think he's very good. I mean, for one thing, he he wasn't very good last year. That's why the Falcons booted him and brought in Todd Gurley, who <laughs> looks like that's right. not that much of Todd Gurley. Who looks like Devonta Freeman, right. <laughs> right. Two weeks. I mean, Freeman definitely um, inflated his production because he was with Atlanta, because it's a strong offense, because they score points, basically, no matter who's at running back. He finished 37th out of 45 qualifiers in rushing DVOA last year, according to Football Outsiders. He was 59th out of 61 qualifying running backs in PFF rushing grade. And Adam, I know that both you and Josh, Josh Allen are big fans of PFF. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure to include that one. That, that's right. That's right. Now, Freeman did rate more highly as a receiver, did rate ahead of Deion Lewis. But Deion Lewis is the guy that's already there with the Giants. Obviously, if they signed Deion Lewis back in the spring and kept him this long and kept him on the active roster for the regular season and let Freeman stay out there, they clearly like Deion Lewis to some degree. They clearly like Wayne Gallman to some degree. So I think this is going to be a committee of garbage, really. I mean, it's going sure. to look like a junkyard where they're all scrap pieces and they're behind an offensive line that made Saquon Barkley look crappy against Pittsburgh yep. in week one. So for me, I'm I'm out on what you have to pay to get Devontae Freeman this week. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point that, you know, for the five quarters we got Saquon Barkley, he looked like he just, I mean, he looked fine, but the, the offense is just gross. The old line, the whole, uh, granted they did place, you know, a tough defense in the Steelers, but it's like, you know, Devonta Freeman, again, it's more of a desperation if you need, you know, if your running backs are dead and you need something to just kind of try to hold you over or something. I think Freeman, if I had to choose between Freeman and Lewis, I would take I would take Freeman. Um, but I also would recommend trying to pick up Lewis too, maybe for, you know, I have, I have a 20 to 25% bid down for Lewis. So again, me, if I'm building it, I'm building it. Devonta Freeman is my number one I'm trying to get. And then um, Lewis is probably like my third and, and probably like a 20% bid on that just to get a piece of that. Cause, um, you just never know. I mean, they, they were, you know, lining Saquon Barkley up in the slot a lot, especially against Pittsburgh. And it looks like they want to get their running backs involved heavily in the passing game. So that could be Lewis for sure. Um, and you know, catches are very valuable, you know, targets are very valuable. So he could end up being a, uh, a, a flex option for, for sure. Um, but I just, I'm, I, I wonder what, what he's going to go for. Uh, he's probably gonna go for a couple hundred bucks and for fab budget. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, I, I would rather pay down and take Deion Lewis if I'm going after any of them than pay way up and get Freeman. Cause I, I just think they're pretty similar prospects at this point. Right? I don't see the, I don't see the value in paying three times as much to get Freeman when I can get the one that the team has had around all the time. I mean, if, if they didn't like Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, enough to keep them heavily involved in this committee. I don't I don't see why they would have waited until now to bring Devontae Freeman in because they signed him for I don't know if I mentioned it, but the contract could pay him up to three million. So it's basically mm -hmm. the same range as the like 1.6 that they gave Deion Lewis. You know, we'll see how it, it works out. Maybe Devontae Freeman does come in and show them that he's better than Deion Lewis. I, I just think he's gonna end up being overvalued uh, on waivers this week. Yeah, my thing too about that is um like Gallman's terrible. Like don't 
Like, if you want a bit of dollar for Gallman, that's fine. He had his chance last year. He stunk. That's what he wasn't even active on Sunday. I, I, don't, I don't think so. Don't. So my thing is, if they if they loved Deion Lewis as much as they did, I would feel like they would add maybe someone off the practice squad or someone less, you know, renowned than Devonta Freeman to come in and fill in behind Lewis. I think that they think he's at least as as, as good. And again, in the you know, I I can't. It's it, it's fair to say that you like Lewis for cheaper. I totally. I totally get it. But in this day and age, you know, in 2020, you know, if Lewis goes down, you could say that about Freeman, you could say that about anybody. But if Lewis goes down, then Devonta Freeman's got the whole thing to himself. But mm-hmm. um, I just think Freeman, he's only 28. I just think he's more talented than Deion Lewis. And I think eventually he'll just get 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 more work. He can just dig into that cow pie with a fork and a knife. And exactly. <laughs> For me, Mike Davis is the focal point here. And I know that Christian McCaffrey should come back in a few weeks and the way that he takes care of his body, he's probably going to be back in like 10 minutes. So I get that Mike Davis is not nearly as long-term a prospect as Devontae Freeman. And I will say that in FFPC leagues, I think Devontae Freeman makes more sense than he does elsewhere because you have a lot fewer options available uh, to bid on. Now yep. that said, Mike Davis is the guy I like because for as long as Christian McCaffrey's out and maybe the high ankle sprain keeps him out, you know, the longer end, it's, it's a window of three weeks to like five or six at this point. And we've seen high ankle sprains, you know, be a problem longer than just two or three weeks, even when guys try to come back early. So Mike Davis is the lead back for Carolina for however long McCaffrey's out. That should be a good number of carries. It should be a good number of targets. I'm not going to really pay a whole lot of attention to what he had workload wise against Tampa. He came into the game at the end of a blowout. He got their only remaining running back carry. He had eight targets, but seven of those came on the final possession. So uh, the point is he's, he's the guy in Carolina. I don't have to wonder about him. Like I do with Devonte Freeman with the giants for a few weeks, at least I get their lead back and I get them against the Chargers, Cardinals, Falcons Chargers isn't a great matchup, but I think Cardinals Falcons should be, um, good spots for at least some reception upside on Davis. Yeah, so he's obviously the the, the guy there, like you said. Now, I will I would be interested to see. Um, you know, they obviously weren't game planning to not have McCaffrey there if if Curtis Samuel gets more work with now that they have a week to kind of prep for it. So Curtis Samuel, I think, could certainly eat into the pass catching role, or maybe they just kind of abandon that whole check down thing and start throwing deep to the other guys. But. Um, I certainly think he's the guy there, but my thing is, so like last year, Barkley had a high ankle sprain. Kamara had a high ankle sprain. Same thing, you know, for, for four to six weeks. I think they both came back after three weeks. Um, they missed three games and then they came back week four and played. And then it took them maybe a week or two. I took Barkley a little bit longer, but maybe that's just because the offense stunk, but it took them a little bit to, to get going. Kamara kind of went great right off the gun. Um, and then it took Barkley a couple weeks after that to really get going. So I don't think like the six week timetable, I don't think is happening. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be back active, um, after three weeks. So once that happens, you're not starting Mike Davis, even if you don't believe that McCaffrey will be explosive, um, for a couple more weeks, you're not starting Mike Davis when Christian McCaffrey's active. So to me to spend a ton of money on a guy that you're only going to get for probably three weeks, and like you said, the, the first week, it's a tough matchup with the Chargers. So, you you know, you're probably not even going to start him unless you've got Christian McCaffrey. So, again, to me, this whole discussion, it's always about we want to talk about where is your team at. Like, I can recommend a percentage or we can talk about a guy. But, again, if you're 2-0, and sitting pretty, no, no injuries, 
don't worry about Mike, Mike Davis. If you're desperate, go get Mike Davis. He, again, he's not a guy, especially him, because he's not going to be available to you after th three weeks or four weeks. Um, you know, so he's, he's, he's a guy that I'm just not dying to have, but if I've got Christian McCaffrey and I do in a couple leagues, I'll put in a hefty bid. I'll probably put half my, my, um, my, my waiver budget on it, the fab budget and, um, and cross my fingers. But you know what, if I don't, if, if I don't get him, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt, hurt my feelings either. So, um, but he is the guy there. I think he's going to get the, the, the goal line carries for a couple weeks. You know, what is that worth against the chargers? Probably not a ton, but he's certainly a guy. And again, too, with a guy like Mike Davis, if you're not going to start him, if you're not going to start him, like if you, if you're deep at running back, like let's say you've got, I don't know, like JK Dobbins or something, and you want to give him a shot. Like um, if you're deep at running back, I would certainly not, spend the money on, on, on Mike Davis either. So it really just depends on what your situation is. Uh, JK Dobbins is a good name to bring up. Cause let's say that you're, that you didn't suffer any big injuries this week, but you drafted Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins, um, you know, somebody else in the middle rounds who's not getting as many touches yet as you were hoping he was going to get. Mike Davis could be a good pickup for a team like that, because I do think that he's somebody you can count on touches for over the next three weeks and give some time for something to open up for those other guys where he, he could be a starter for you. Now you mentioned Christian McCaffrey teams. If as a Christian McCaffrey owner, who are you bidding more on between Mike Davis and Devonte Freeman, assuming that they are both available in that league? Uh, Mike Davis. Okay. Just because, so I've got Freeman down for 60 to 70% and then Davis for 30 to 50. So I'm going to be at the 50% mark for Davis or maybe even a little bit more if I have, McCaffrey, just because again, he's the holdover between to get McCaffrey back. Um, whereas Devonta Freeman, again, he's he, they're, they're both gonna they're both just gonna play for me until McCaffrey come, comes back. So in that case, I'd rather have Mike Davis for three weeks than Freeman for three for, for three weeks. So because again, I don't even know how much Freeman's gonna play this 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 first week. So I definitely would bid more on Mike on on Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, who's next on your list of running back targets for this week? Yeah, so I think after those three guys, I have Jeff. I have Jeff Wilson. So um, he moved in the top two spot as a lead ball carrier there in San Fran. Um, Shan Shanahan obviously likes him. He's been there for for, for a while, um, and he's performed when when he had the opportunity. So I think he he knows the system. He knows the offense. He's pretty pretty talented, um, and he's a guy that I think can can have some big games for sure. While um, you know, while Tevin Coleman's out, we, we know he's out for a couple weeks for sure. I know Mostert's out this week. I'm not sure how much longer Mostert's going to be out for, but it's just a situation where like we're, whoever, you know, the top one or top two running backs there are, are going to be successful. Now I, I get, you know, Jarek McKinnon's there, but McKinnon, again, he's, he's very injury prone and he's to me kind of more of a, a, a pass catcher there. So I think Jeff Wilson could certainly get, you know, the, the bulk of the, of the, the carries, and they, they like to rotate backs and stuff. So um, I think Jeff Wilson's cer certainly worth it. And he might be worth it long-term too. Like Tevin Coleman's always hurt. Um, even Mostert was hurt hurt last year too. So I think he's a guy you definitely want to add. And I think they play um, the Giants this, this this week. So he might be a nice right out of the gate. He could be an RB2 for you um, there for, for sure. And that's the type of situation where if I've got you know, if I've got a Christian McCaffrey, I need something to hold, hold me over for two or three weeks until I think McCaffrey is going to be back. Jeff Wilson has, you know, has RB2 upside right right out of the gate. So he might be a guy. Um, I like Jeff Wilson at 15% of my fab budget more than I like like Mike Davis at 
50 or 60% of my fat budget. So when I'm building it out, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't mind getting Jeff, Jeff Wilson in there. Um, and hopefully maybe even adding both of them, you know, so it depends on how, how cheap you can get Jeff Wilson for. Yeah. I think Jeff Wilson's not going to cost a whole lot. In most cases, there's probably going to be the one league or two leagues out there where he goes for way more than you'd expect. Sure. But I like him for all the reasons that you mentioned. Obviously Kyle Shanahan likes him. He's been on the team since 2018. He had four games of 11 plus carries um, back in 2018. I'm sorry, a lot, three games of 11 plus carries back in 2018 as an undrafted rookie. You know, it was running back injuries on the team that put him into action then, just like yep. now. But that's what he is. He's this. He's a safety net for Kyle Shanahan. He scored four rushing touchdowns early last season after Tevin Coleman went down. That was with Raheem Mostert active. Yep. So. Jeff Wilson is somebody that Kyle Shanahan is not scared to get into uh, the the game. And if I had to bet between him and Jarek McKinnon this week, who carries the ball more, I would bet that it's Jeff Wilson ahead of McKinnon. I think McKinnon will get more targets, and we'll see exactly what the split looks like. But I think there's going to be uh, more than 10 carries for Jeff Wilson in this game. We'll see how long Mostert and Coleman are out. They, it sounds like they're hopeful that Mostert will only miss this game and then be back after that. But, you know, you never know for sure. And then the next game is Philly. So uh, that's been a soft defense overall, which could mean more scoring chances as well. So I agree with with Jeff Wilson as a fairly cheap buy on waivers this week who could get, who could pay immediate dividends. Have you yep. seen, by the way, have you checked to see if Jarek McKinnon is available in any of your leagues? I did. He's not. He was, he, guys are sharp. He was pretty much drafted. I don't even think he was picked up last week. It was just guys are drafting and stashing. And um, I don't have a lot of Jerick McKinnon. So it was, it was some sharp drafting by some of those guys out there. But this, this is your chance. This is your chance to get a piece of the San Francisco running game for fairly cheap. Cause if he, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get picked up everywhere, but he's one of those guys where if he doesn't, um, and he goes off. He's and he he probably will have a really good game against against the Giants, especially with. I don't even know if uh, Garoppolo's starting. They might have to run the ball more, and and I think that, um, you know, he he's going to go for crazy money next week if he if he goes off. Yeah, and dude, certainly don't blow your budget going after Jeff Wilson because it's not going to kill your season to miss him. But sure, um, it's a nice. There's nice upside at the uh, level that you'll have to invest. And Jarek McKinnon, if you're not playing in FFPC leagues, I do think that Jarek McKinnon is a very nice uh, target this week because not only is he in for touches this week, he's scored in each game so far. He's barely touched the ball, so with a healthy Mostert at home, you wouldn't be able to play Jarek McKinnon comfortably yet. But I mean, he has had big gains. He has had touchdowns in each game. He is two games into his return from missing two years with a knee injury. So it makes sense for the Niners to ease him in. But if McKinnon's showing him what he needs to show them, there's every reason for the Niners to keep increasing his usage. And especially now that both Mostert and Tevin Coleman have knee issues, there's room for Jarek McKinnon to just carve out a bigger role the rest of the way, even if those two guys are back. So, I mean... Obviously not talking FFPC because Jarek McKinnon's not available there, but he is somebody that I would target. I would be more interested in adding Jarek McKinnon this week than I would Devontae Freeman because I think there's a lot more long-term upside to McKinnon plus that situation. I agree. Yep. Uh, elsewhere running back, Miles Gaskin, have you seen if he's available in any of your leagues? We kind of I, had him last he, week, but he's still the, the I know. most prominent Miami running back right now. He's not available anywhere. Uh, I didn't readily recommend him last week because I didn't believe it. And then watching the game, um, I still couldn't believe it as I was watching it that, you know, he was getting all the, all, all the work. 
again, it, it didn't kill you, hopefully, to not pick up Gaskin because it's Miami and they stink and he stinks. But um, I think that he, he isn't available anywhere in the main, main event now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that he was picked up in, I think, 206 leagues uh, yeah. in the Fantasy Mojo. So he was a popular pickup last week, and it makes sense. You see yep. somebody who clearly leads the backfield in touches, you jump on him and then see what happens after that as long as you're not blowing your budget for it. Yeah, and I kind of t- I got you know I kind of took for granted the fact that you know it didn't seem like it would kill you, but I guess if you had if you picked him up and you've got McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, you're probably like, oh, thank God I picked up Miles Gaskin, but because uh, it's, it's just going to be one of the one of those type of years. Yeah, we're two we're into week three of the season. Oh. We're probably saying to them, my, themselves, "Thank goodness I picked up Miles Gaskin." That's gross. <laughs> he has seen eleven of the fifteen backfield targets for a team that traded a draft pick for Matt Breida just this past offseason. So it, clearly, Miles Gaskin impressed them this summer. You know, I, I wondered after week one if it was like that's what happened that game. Next week, it's going to be Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard carried the ball more, I believe, in week two, but it's clear that they like Miles Gaskin, and this is a thing for now, at least. We'll see where it goes. Yep. Uh, and I would I would rather have, you know, again, outside of FFPC where Miles Gaskin is available, I would rather have Miles Gaskin than Devontae Freeman. Yes, I, I agree with that as well. And Miles Gaskin over Mike Davis, too, because Mike Davis is the short-term answer. Yep. Um, beyond those guys, who were some lower level stashes this week that you found available? Yeah. So I think we really want to dig in, especially this year with all the, you know, with all the injuries, we kind of want to get ahead of the game here. So I saw it noticed that Justin Jackson was dropped a bunch, um, after week, week one, cause he's not the clear cut or well, he's definitely not the backup there, or I guess it's a, it's a timeshare really between Eckler there. And, um, but he's one injury away from being heavily involved in that, that offense, so he's worth, I think, a 5% bid. But Bryce Love, we talked about last week, about, hey, I bet you everyone's going to drop him. And then sure enough, everybody dropped Bryce Love. So he's he's available. And I, I realize he wasn't active. But again, we're one injury away in that Washington backfield um, to having him be be a, a serious thing. And then Jordan Wilkins, we talked about him earlier. He's you know same thing. So you might have to spend a little bit more for Wilkins because people saw kind of that he he was active and he played and he got more time than than Naheem Hines. So, um, but I think that Justin Jackson and Bryce Love are some nice stashes you can get for cheap because everyone's going to be going crazy over Devonta Freeman, Mike Davis, Deion Lewis, and I think you can sneak him in for two to three or five percent if you really want to want to get him and um and kind of especially if you have Ecklers or something like that because. You know, this season is just going to show you that without the training camps, without the preseason games, the guys' bodies just aren't aren't ready, and injuries are going to happen. Yeah, and I particularly like Bryce Love as a stash because you're not going to have to pay anything. I mean, obviously something, but you barely have to pay anything for Bryce Love. And even though he's been inactive so far, you got to remember that Washington chose to keep him on the active roster for the season, the 53 man roster, while letting Adrian Peterson go. Yeah. So. Clearly, they hope that there's something there with Bryce Love. Maybe there's not. Maybe he just doesn't prove ready to do anything this year. But again, if you're throwing a dollar, two dollars, five dollars at him, then yeah. you're not losing a whole lot to take a chance that he turns into something. Yeah, and what's really interesting too, and I, you know, probably should have talked about this before, but if you don't get these Freeman and Mike Davis, especially if you're in good shape, like if you're in good shape, don't go spend money on these guys because people are going to have to start dropping guys like you know, Tony Pollard, all these like elite handcuff backs because there's just no, they don't have room for them and they need players who can actually start, especially once bye weeks hit. And that's your opportunity as a, as a person who's having a good season, who's kind of been lucky with the injuries where you can go snap up a, 
uh, at a Tony Pollard or uh, maybe somebody drops Alexander Madison or something. And then all of a sudden if cook or Zeke go down, then you're, then you're sitting beautiful. So don't be afraid to hold on to your budget. I'm aggressive. I will admit like I'm, I'm a very aggressive player when it comes to waivers. I like to, if I see a guy I like, I like to go, I like to go get him. I'd rather overpay to get a guy that I really like, but if you, but if I'm sitting in good shape too, I'm not going to just go blow my budget. I'll wait for, for somebody to make a, to make a mistake or, or just be forced to drop somebody that they, that they don't want to just because of injuries. Mm-hmm. I think a couple other potential stashes, Gus Edwards for Baltimore, who <laughs> suddenly jumped into that backfield committee this week after it was basically a Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins split in week one, you know, injury to Dobbins or Mark Ingram gives him more work beyond that. And in the meantime, you've at least got somebody who's getting some touches in the league's best running game if you're in dire need at running back. And then Rashad Penny in Seattle. Pete Carroll recently said that Rashad Penny was looking good and they were hopeful he would get back earlier than they initially thought. Rashad Penny is somebody that you're going to be able to stash for basically nothing if he's available at this point. I would imagine that even where he was drafted, he's probably been a drop candidate to this point. Yeah, that's a great point with with with, with Gus Edwards too. He is he is available in the main event league. So, yeah, I would certainly add him to that. He probably might have to spend more than 5% on him now, but I know a lot of guys like me are are stubborn and we're not giving up on JK Dobbins, but if you want to go get Gus Edwards, that's a that's that's a great point cuz he's one injury away from from, from being great too. Outside of FFPC, there's lots of talk for Joshua Kelly this week. He's owned in high stakes leagues and really most, um, you know, serious 12 team leagues. But wherever Joshua Kelly is available, go ahead and pick him up, of course. Daryl Henderson uh, had the big game for the Rams in week two. We saw injuries for both Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. So that helped. But, you know, that that just looks like a three headed running back committee where everybody's capable of doing some stuff. And Henderson was owned in nearly 50 percent of ESPN leagues, even heading into last week as it is. So Henderson's probably not available anywhere, but, you know, somebody to make sure that he's not available where he is. Yeah, exactly. That Rams backfield's a mess for, for, for fantasy football, but none of those guys are available, so we don't have to worry about it. Right. Over at receiver, you know, we mentioned that if you're in good shape at running back, don't feel like you need to dive in on any of these top guys. And one thing you can do instead is maybe grab a receiver who can be a flex option for you as more injuries happen. And maybe you only have two running backs. You've been playing a third and a flex or as bye weeks hit. Who's your top wide receiver this week, Adam? Yeah, so I like Keelan Cole. I mean, I don't like Keelan Cole, but I like I like DJ Chark is who I like. But apparently they don't like him anymore. He had seven, he said seven targets combined in two games. I think he's caught all of them and scored. Shocker. So, but if they're going to keep throwing it to Keelan Cole, you know, he's got a nice schedule coming up. Miami, Cincinnati, Houston, D- Detroit. You know, he leads the Jags in targets. Um, he's certainly worth worth rostering. So um, I got a, I got a 10% bid down for him. Um, you know, if, if you're disappointed with, you know, some of your receivers that you took later on, um, feel free to drop those guys and pick up Keelan Cole because maybe he is something this year. Yeah, I mean, he's been something to some degree before. He was not a star before, but he's been involved. Had a down year last year, but it certainly looks like he's back. The Jaguars believe in him. And he's got a 1980s dojo leader as his quarterback. So you get to then cheer for Gardner Minshew while you're watching Keelan Cole do stuff. It would be nice to see DJ Chark's targets pick up, but if they're going to spread it around, Keelan Cole is going to be in play, and it's a it's a good looking Jaguars pass offense right now. So we might as well stick with it while it's working. Yeah, and the other thing, like I think we all expected them to be so bad that they were going to be losing every game by fifty points, and they were going to have to throw. Well, they aren't as bad as we thought they were going to be. So I think that has something to do with it. 
I think they're, you know, eventually they're going to be in negative game scripts and that's going to be good for DJ Chark to hopefully get, get more targets. But as of right now, especially with all the hamstring injuries to these receivers, he's certainly worth rostering because um, bye weeks are going to come very soon. More injuries are going to happen very soon. So he's a guy you can throw into your flex. You don't, you don't, you don't love it, but um, you know, Gardner Minshew trusts him. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, T Higgins is next on your list and he climbed a little bit last week. looks like he's the number three receiver for Cincinnati now. And that puts him right behind AJ green. Who's been healthy so far and getting a lot of targets, but isn't quite AJ green. Yeah, it's how 2020 is it that A.J. Green is like the only healthy receiver in the world and everybody else is dropping like flies. But yeah, he's he's an A.J. Green injury away from, which is going to happen, uh, away from from major target up, upgrades. So, and he plays that same role, that outside receiver, big bodied, you know, vertical threat. So I think he'd kind of be a seamless transition outside of the fact, you know, he's, he's a rookie. But I think, I don't think they would change the game plan if A.J. Green went down and Higgins had to fill in there. So I think he's an injury away from a top two role on a team that's going to always be passing because the defense is terrible. Burrow show, you know, I think he had 61 attempts on Thursday. So, um, I mean, Boyd's Boyd's the, the, the clear-cut guy there. But um, but Higgins has showed some some promise. And um, and I, I think he's worth a roster spot. I got, I got down for the 5% budget, uh, fab budget bid. Um, and maybe now's the time to grab him before, before he does have that breakout gain or, or before AJ green gets hurt. Cause that, that he's going to go for much higher. Yeah. And it, if you're thinking of stacking somebody like Bryce love or, you know, Jordan Wilkins, the running backs that we talked about at the bottom of the roster, but you're already sitting on four or five good ones. Why not stash a wide receiver who might sure. actually help you sooner and has a clearer path to immediate touches. Yep. Demir Bird is the last guy in the wide receiver section after he had a solid night against Seattle. Yeah, he's so he's a guy. He was in Arizona last year and kind of got, you know, moved out of there because they had, you know, they brought in Hopkins and, and all that. But Bird showed some, some promise. He, he, you know, he looked good. Um, he pa- kind of passes the, the, the eye test and he's really their, their, their top outside threat, you know. So, um, you know, inside they got Edelman working, working there and, and, and Cam obviously likes him and, and they've they've been connecting, so I think that that connection is just going to get greater and greater. And I don't I don't think he's going to be a superstar by any means this year. But again, with injuries and bye weeks coming up, um, and him being top outside threat there, I think he's got a good chance to be a, to be a flex spot start option for you. And he was originally a Carolina Panther along with Cam Newton, so they didn't just meet each other this summer. They there's some history. I don't know if that ends up meaning anything, but it definitely can't hurt. And he's in the right spot to emerge if, you know, that's possible. Again, we're talking about way down the waiver list, but yep. there with Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry, who has yet to be the guy that we all thought he was going to be coming into his draft. So uh, there's room for Demir Bird to gain prominence in that passing game. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Bill Belichick drafted him makes you know he's not going to be good because he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't really draft well, but um, he he doesn't draft receivers well either. So uh, I think Demir Bird is is um, him him being a, coming over in free agency is probably a, g- a good sign for him. Yeah, if you get the call from the Patriots that they're drafting you as a wide receiver, you can say, "Listen, guys, it's over. I appreciate it, but can you please not? Can you instead let Buffalo draft me? <laughs> That's right. Read for me, and then yep. it'll be good. <laughs> exactly." <laughs> Elsewhere, before we get away from wide receiver, I mean, we mentioned Russell Gage last week. I'm sure he's not available in many, if any, 
um, FFP. Long gone, long gone. At this point, but he shouldn't be available anywhere. Any PPR league of 10 plus teams, pick up Russell Gage. I mean, unless it's too tiny a league for the waiver wire to really be a hotly contested thing. And now, you know, we don't need to talk about Russell Gage because we talked about a bunch last week, but now Julio's got the hammy issue. It's like these guys are one injury away from being um, target monsters. So, uh, yeah, Russell Gage is gone. But, again, check check just, just in case. He might be available in your league. But um, it's guys like that. That's why, you know, that's why I recommend guys like T. Higgins and because, you know, he's one injury away from being a target a target hog. So that's the, that's what we're looking for here. Speaking of target hogs, over at tight end, Dalton Schultz put on a Blake Jarwin mask last week. That's and- right. Caught nine balls for 88 yards and a touchdown, which is exactly why I'm so excited <laughs> about Blake Jarwin because all you have to do is be a tight end in a Cowboys jersey, and you've got this kind of upside. Dalton Schultz has got to be one of the hottest names on FFPC waivers this week. You know, speaking of glass of scotch, how much scotch were you drinking watching Schultz go? Man, it's funny. I was we was watching the game with Jared and and Lenny and Kevin, and every time he had a catch, we're like, "Oh man, he's just rolling over at the house. He's so upset." But yeah, and I was shocked. I got to be honest, I was shocked that Schultz was available because last week we had talked about him, but I figured all the Blake Jarwin guys, you know, would kind of be all over him. Um, but yeah, he's he's um. He looked good. Schultz looked good. He's in the Blake Jarwin role, which didn't mean much to anybody but you. Um, but he's in that Blake Jarwin role, and you saw the upside in the shootout. Like I don't think he's Blake Jarwin, um, but he does. You know, he's got that. I think he was a second round pick, maybe. Um, but he's got a, he's got he's got some pedigree. He's obviously athletic. I think CD Lamb is probably the biggest beneficiary of the Blake Jarwin injury. But when you get shootouts, when they're going to score 40 points or whatever, 30s, uh, he showed what he what he can do in those those type games. So he's certainly worth an add in tight, tight end premiums. He's available in a bunch of spots. If I, I would bid up to 40% for him, even if I had a good number one to tight end, because in tight end premium, you can start three of them. He's he's kind of the guy that I'm going to go through and, and make sure that I put a nice rock solid bid in all my leagues, whether I have a good tight end or not, because A, I think he's going to be good. Uh, down for, for the rest of the year, and B, uh, I want to block someone else from, from, from getting him too. So even if I have two good tight ends, what you know, you can never have too many good tight ends. But I, you know, my top five main event team last year, I started Ertz, Goddard, and Gasecki the championship week. You know, you can start three tight ends. So um, with the, with the right matchup, so I think Goddard, or I'm sorry, I think Schultz is a must add. Yeah, I would pay more for Dalton Schultz than I would for uh, Devontae Freeman or Mike Davis unless I was in dire need at running back because, as you said, I'd rather start Dalton Schultz than either of those running backs, even outside of tight end premium formats. I'm ready to just go ahead and move Dalton Schultz, not into the top 12, but at like 16 on the full season rankings because of the situation he's stepping into. It's like a 49ers running back. He's just – he's in this offense – that's going to be one of the best in the league all season. He's in a role that had me projecting Blake Jarwin into the top 12 to begin the season. I don't think he's going to quite going to do that. And I don't think he's going to be a consistent numbers producer every week. I mean, this might finish the season as Dalton Schultz's biggest sure. our week, nine for yeah. eight in the touchdown. But every time he takes the field, there's going to be the opportunity to find the end zone, even if he's catching four passes for 37 yards most of the time. I would take Dalton Schultz over Logan Thomas, uh, for example. I would take him over the other tight ends that we're considering on waivers this week. Yeah, so yeah, so Schultz is 
the reason why I recommended and and you know more for the running backs is because you know people are in such dire straits for these running backs. Like they need, you know, we lost top premier guys for, for, for the year, so they're very important to get those guys. We haven't really had that issue at 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 tight end. Um, but again, especially if you're a Blake Jarwin owner, I'm I'm just so surprised that the Jarwin owners weren't weren't all over Schultz. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's certainly worth an add and and a flex consideration right out of the right out of the right out of the gate so um he's definitely a guy i'm looking i'm looking to add drew sample emerging a surprising week too as well because cj uzama suffered an achilles tendon tear drew samples now the number one tight end for cincinnati saw nine targets thursday night i mean 60 attempts from joe burrow helped that but it's still a 15 percent share which is pretty solid and the Bengals overall have targeted tight ends on 21 percent of their pass attempts that's a top half of the league percentage so drew samples another good guy to go after especially in tight end premium this week yeah i mean the 21 percent is, is is it right there you know they you know it just goes to show you it didn't really matter who they had there um but he's he's certainly worth um, if he's going to get all the all, all the targets, I think maybe Drew Sample was the guy who was the second or third round pick that I yeah, that I okay. yeah that that's who it was. So, um, but he uh, Burrow loves targeting the tight end. Obviously, I think he had Randy Moss's kid there at LSU last year that that they hooked up a bunch and um, and I think for the rest of the and you're getting him again. Here's just key: you're getting him for the rest of the year too. It's not like you know he's almost coming back. So. Um, and Uzoma looked looked good while he was in there. So it's certainly a situation where they're going to force it to that tight end position. Again, he threw 61 times, so it's, he's probably not going to do th- throw that much. But he looked the part, um, and so I think he's definitely worth an add. I got down a, a, a 20% bid for him. Um, I, I would still take Schultz over him because I think the offense is just – much more explosive um but uh but sample is definitely worth an, an an ad and and an immediate you know tight end two i think um because of how much uh how much work he's, he's gonna get looking at 21 percent. so that's that, that's pretty sweet yeah and outside of ffpc i like drew sample over guys like irv smith probably over eric ebron although that one's close that one I, I'm, I'm curious to see how eric ebron's role develops he hasn't run a ton of routes so far although he leads Vance McDonald there so I think there's more upside to Ebron but there's a better chance that Drew Sample gives us consistent weekly targets bingo exactly yep and then Mo Ali Cox was somebody that we all need to get to know after this past week of course Jack Doyle was out Mo Ali Cox catches five passes for 111 yards he looked great he looked like uh Look at him and Philip Rivers have been playing together forever. Look at the young Antonio Gates out there. I was just watching some highlights before we went on the air just to see if I see if I saw what I was seeing, you know. So yeah, he looks good. He looks athletic. I think he's a former basketball player. We love that at the tight end position. So now again, um he got the starter role due to injuries and and you know the other two tight ends are, are gonna come back. So I'm not as excited about Mo Ali Cox as I am about Sample and Schultz, but a guy that looks to be that talented with a quarterback that loves throwing to the tight end, you know, loves throwing to the running back. Um, that's his thing. He's been doing it forever. Um, if Mo, if they, if the, if the coaching staff, that's the hardest thing about fantasy is deciding like, okay, not, you know, what the, what the coach should do, but what is he going to do? And if they believe in Mo Ali Cox, then he's going to smash. So he's certainly worth a bid. I've got 10% down. He's the type of guy, him, and Sample and Schultz, the type of guy where, where if your roster's in good shape, you're 2-0, you don't need any of these running backs, 
put some nice bids in on these guys because these guys are league winning type ads where they can be top 10 fantasy t tight ends. And while everyone's blowing their budget on these running backs, you can slide in and grab, grab these guys and stash them or, or use them immediately if they start to kick, kick off. Yeah, Chance Mo Ali Cox cards out a roll going forward. It's certainly going to help the Colts tight ends overall to have Paris Campbell out for this most likely for the season now. He's on IR out indefinitely. Um, but as you mentioned, Jack Doyle was out last week. It doesn't seem like he's going to be out for a long time. Trey Burton went on IR to start the season. He's coming back. They're expecting him back fairly soon. We'll see how those three fit in, whether Moali Cox can move ahead of one of those other guys. I still have my doubts about Trey Burton, but uh, we'll see. And we'll, I'll hold off on saying any more about him out of respect for our boy, Jared. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. But it's like one of those situations where like, if you were just to stand Moali Cox next to, you know, those two to tight ends, you'd be like, Oh, that's the guy I want. The long arms, you know, tall runs like a, runs like a deer. Like that's the guy you want. And then he gets a chance. He blows up. So, you know, I would say uh, I would put a nice bid in on him and be super excited if I'm, if I'm able to get him. Jordan Akins, we got still on the list where he's available. You mentioned that you saw him available more than you would expect. I would take Jordan Akins over Marley Cox because there's less of a, a doubt about his role. He doesn't need to prove himself versus others on the team. Houston's already told us that they believe in Jordan Akins as their lead pass catcher. So he would be ahead of Mo Ali Cox for me, probably ahead of Drew Sample as well, not ahead of Dalton Schultz just because of the two offenses we're talking about. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have him over Mo Ali Cox. Just now, so Akins has a higher floor, I think, but I think just the history with Rivers and tight ends and, um, the Moelle Cox's ability. I mean, he was winning jump balls. I mean, he just looked so good. I think that Rivers might just fight for him, you know. And and I just think his his upside is is higher. Um, if you need a starter, starting tight end next week, Aikens is the guy. But I think if you're looking to if you're looking to win the half half a million bucks and you want to get that guy, it could be could be Moelle Cox. I can see. Adam and Mo Ali Cox standing at opposite sides of the dance floor with the right. dirty dancing playing right now, making it rain with that with that half mill. Okay, see me. I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable here. <laughs> that might be as much as Mo Ali's making making this year. <laughs> Jordan Reed is next on the list, and I would be shocked if he's available widely. I know that he was picked up a lot in the Friday waiver run on FFPC last week when George Kittle was ruled out. Uh, have you found Jordan Reed still available in any of your main event leagues? I have, and I'm actually going to sort of double check just to make sure. Um, but yeah, he's available in uh, two of my, my main event leagues. So oh, wow. yeah, he's a guy that um, while Kittle's out, um, you know, he obviously showed what he, he what he, he can do. So he's still he's still got it. Now, again, he's a short term, he's a short term ad because once once Kittle's back, it's going to be the Kittle, the Kittle show. But you know, if you only if you have if if you have Kittle, throw throw a nice bid in on him. I put five percent down because you know if I have Kittle, I'll bid a little bit more. If I don't, I'll bid a little bit less. But if you miss out on Schultz and Sample and Mo Ali Cox, he's certainly worth worth an ad. If Kittle doesn't play this week, I would certainly. Um, if you end up winning the bid at him, I would certainly look to look, look to start him because, I, like I said, I think they played the, the the Giants and he showed that that he can he can slide right in there. Um, so I definitely uh, like picking up Reed just for a week. But you know, Kittle's been getting banged up these last couple of years, so um, he might be worth it d down the road for you too. 
If I have Kittle, I'd put Jordan Reed up ahead of at least Mo Ali Cox and Jordan Aikens because then I get the, the handcuff, you know, like yes. the running backs. And I know that if Kittle stays out, then I have Jordan Reed. And if Kittle's back, then I don't have to worry about not needing to use Jordan Reed that week. So it would, it would fit nicely. Yes. Yep. Uh, along those handcuff lines, we've got Gerald Everett to round out the tight ends. And, you know, as we've been talking about, one injury away, and we've saw, we saw last week with Tyler Higby what that could be if you take that step up. Yeah, I don't even want to discuss an injury to, to Tyler Higby. That's not even in the realm of possibilities. But if he does, and that's where I was, I was so surprised to see him. He was dropped. Um, Everett was uh, dropped in so many leagues um, recently. Now, I get, I get he's hurt, but see, me, the way I was drafting them is I was drafting both of them usually. Um, so like all my Higby shares, I usually have Everett there. So I, I couldn't imagine dropping him because if, if Higby does go down, they love that, you know, they love throwing to the tight end. Everett's obviously more than capable of, of, of doing it if Higby does, does go down. So he's, again, he's a guy where if you don't need help immediately, let everyone blow their money on everybody else and slide in and get Gerald Everett for, I put 5%. You could probably get him for even, even less than the, than that. And that way, if, if Higby does go, if, if you have Higby, you're safe. And if you don't have Higby and Higby does go down, um, you'll never hear from me again, but you can get Gerald Everett for, um, you know, he's going to be a tight end one. You'll get him for nothing. <clears throat> now, before we round it up, let's talk about QBs. And I guess before we talk about any specific players, how often do you see quarterbacks get picked up in these twice a week FFPC waiver runs? Yeah. So quarterbacks, a lot of guys stream them. Um, I don't have the, uh, the energy or the time with all the leagues that I play to stream, to stream quarterback. Um, so a lot of guys stream them, um, you know, so you, you do see quarterbacks getting, get, getting picked up, but they're usually just for a week or two and then, and then they're, and then they're dropping them. And it's very rare. You'll see a quarterback get picked up off waivers, you know, that's bargain, bargain an injury to the starter. That's really worth anything long term. He's not going to lead you to a championship, you know, <clears throat> unless you do get an injury to, to, to a starter. So, but you usually do get guys streaming, streaming quarterbacks on there. How frequently have you seen Gardner Minshew available over the past week or so? Yeah. So I think it's really hit, hit and miss. It really depends on, you know, um, if, he, if he was drafted or not. Um, again, there hasn't been really uh, any injury to the quarterback position yet mm -hmm. to really um, have people pick him up. But yeah, he's available in none of my main, my main event leagues. So um, I, I think guys are guys just love Gardner anyways. So they're not they they just want to have him on, on, on their squad. So Minshew's not available in any main events. Um, but again, he could be one of those streaming guys where if he has a bad week or two, guys are off him. They throw him back in. They pick up somebody else. Mm -hmm. He seems to have a nice schedule coming up, and he's looked terrific over the first two. So yeah, uh, yeah, he he's he's what Baker Mayfield wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think Baker Mayfield needs to grow out of stash and not spend so much time in book club. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I, if you're outside of a high stakes league and Gardner Minshew is available, I say go ahead and pick him up. You know, we'll see. I mean, he's probably not going to keep producing at the rate of these first two weeks, but. We might as well ride the hot streak while it's there. And they've got Miami on Thursday night. So yep. it's another good spot for Gardner Minshew. He has been efficient. He has spread the ball around. He hasn't been leaning on anybody. It's not like he's inflating his numbers against awful defenses so far. They played the Colts and the Titans. Um, not, you know, not great defenses, but not, not inflating them against. 
uh, the worst in the league. And he can run. So uh, adds a little bit of fantasy value there. So I believe Justin Herbert is another one that we kind of have to address, kind of have to figure out whether to pick up in various leagues this week. Now, I don't think that I would be ready to pick him up and start him right away in an FFPC main event league. I would hope that I'm strong enough at quarterback that I don't need to do that. But Justin Herbert does have a good matchup this week. So if you're in like a two quarterback league, super flex, whatever, uh, you know, super league, if if Tyrod Taylor's chest injury is not ready for him to play in week three, Justin Herbert sure looks like a high upside starter to me. Yeah, he's obviously available everywhere in the main. Um, yeah, unless uh, unless I've got Tyrod Taylor. So if Taylor doesn't play, I still don't think I know if I could trust Herbert. I guess it would depend on who my other starting quarterback was. Um, so, but he he you know they have the weapons there. You know he's got the the physical tools for sure. He can run, he can throw. He looked apart um, in a little shootout, a little mini shootout against Kansas City. So um, he's certainly worth an, an add if you need a quarterback. I wouldn't necessarily add him as my third QB because again, with all the with all the injuries going on, all the other positions, you you know the roster spots are so valuable. But you know we could do this. In 10 weeks from now, we're looking back going, man, Herbert's just been awesome for them for, you know, for streaming, you know, for streaming quarterbacks. But so I certainly, I could certainly see it, but I wouldn't go below. Um, and he's probably going to go for a hefty price, especially for people who drafted like Baker Mayfield and, and stuff like that, who just are disappointed with their, with, with their quarterback play. Um, but he, he looks, he looks the part and he's got weapons there. So we'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't carry a third back, a third quarterback, basically anywhere, unless yeah. I do if I play two of them. Um, but if you, you know, if you have a spot to play around with, if you miss out on all the other guys that you try to target, sure. especially if you're outside of a high stakes league, Justin Herbert's a, definitely a high upside guy because of the running, because he has Keenan Allen, because he has Austin Eckler, because he has Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. I mean, looked better in week two than Tyrod Taylor did in week one, and really as a top half of the first round draft pick. It's always been just a matter of time historically until Justin Herbert takes over at some point this season. I think he's, I think he could be a fantasy revelation whenever he keeps the job. Well, yeah, isn't that always this case with Tyrod Taylor? Oh, Tyrod Taylor, so he deserves, he's a starting quarterback. And then as soon as they put the backup in, like, oh, this guy's way better than Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I mean, Baker Mayfield was like God's gift to Cleveland once Tyrod Taylor got hurt. So, yeah, he's just, you know, he's whatever. Uh, and Herbert, Herbert's got much, much higher upside, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this week three waiver podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read our full free agent focus and decide who to blow your bidding budget on this week. You can also find us on Twitter for any of your bid questions. We are at DraftSharks. Adam is at Adam underscore Krautwurst. I am at ShoutDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Adam Krautwurst and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shout saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 